For my whole career, I've used D'Addario strings. This is the one that I use live with Megadeth, and I love it. I've been with D'Addario my whole career, even when I was playing bass in Van Halen, because that's what Dad would play, D'Addario for life. And I say it right, D'Addario. Hey everyone, before we dive into this extra special Pantera rig rundown, I thought I'd give you a little insight to the shoot and kind of my story with the band. Uh, if you watch the Tool rig rundown, which a lot of you have, that was kind of my uh, journey with musically with Tool, enjoying them in the late 90s, early 2000s. But uh, Pantera was a band for me personally that I think was a gateway drug for heavy music. At the time, I was listening to punk and hard rock, Alice in Chains and Soundgarden, uh, you know, and Misfits, and then any band off of Epitaph Records in the 90s. And so I was kind of in that lane musically, and I had a job that worked at a gas station, and we didn't have music or anything, so me and one of the guys I worked with, he was a few years older than me, had a, uh, we had a boombox, and we would trade CDs every time, and I played my punk stuff, and he would play metal. And nothing really clicked with me, I kind of was always like, man, can't wait till the CD's over, so I put mine back in. And uh, the one that clicked for me was Cowboys from Hell, because it's, it's a groove, and it, you know, of course, like, Phil's uh, uh, falsetto lyrics, or falsetto uh, vocals, it's just awesome, and then that bled into listening to Vulgar. It took me a minute to get into Far Beyond and Southern Trend Kill, but those first two records, Cowboys from Hill and Vulgar Display, are records that really got me into metal in the sense that I could find melody and groove in that, like, you know, power groove, metal groove, that, you know, Vinny, Rex, and Dime were so good at, that allowed me to kind of get my foot into that heavy music, and it became music that I identified with myself, because, you know, I love Black Sabbath, but it was my dad's music versus like Pantera was the first heavy band that I could claim as my own. That was metal. Again, by that time Metallica was load and reload era. Black Black album was good, but it's a hard rock record. And then you also had Rage Against the Machine, which was another band I really listened to, but like for metal, for me it was Pantera. So big thanks to Scott Wenzel for getting me into that. So without further ado, the shoot itself was actually two days. We shot first in Nashville with Rex and uh, that was awesome. But as you can imagine, a band on that level and the guitar playing dudes that they are, you know, sometimes we run into a lot of headaches with Nashville being the city it is, with Gibson here, Carters, you got Groon, so guitar dorks are gonna go out shopping. It's hard to pin people down for 10 or 15 minutes, let alone how sometimes our rig rundowns can get away from us time-wise. But uh, Rex, and he lives here, so here he has a spot here, I should say, but he was gracious enough to give us some time. And a special cool bit was uh, Bobby Langreth, who's in band Honky with J.D. Pincus as his tech, and also, uh, you know, if any Down fans out there, he was in the most recent record filling in for Kirk Weinstein uh, on guitar. So he was his tech on this tour. I think he's been a sex since 2009. He filled in some uh, techie questions, you know, that Rex didn't really cover in their interview, and that was great. And then because time went over because of uh, sound check, uh, production stuff, they actually had the fire sign one of two nights on the tour where they had the fire sign in Nashville in New York City at Madison Square Garden. So that was an extra production time cost that we weren't able to talk to Zach or Charlie for uh, uh, our time in Nashville. So we got hurry along in Nashville and the next day myself and Jared James drove to Memphis and talked to Zach very quickly. Uh, as you can see in this video, we talked to Steve, his tech, and he covered a lot of what was in his rack and his gear and his effects off stage because Zach's time was very limited again in Memphis and then Charlie talked to us. He was actually at Graceland when we showed up and he had a skedaddle come hang out with us and talk uh, drum rundown. So check that out because there's a very funny moment where Charlie calls out a guy on Instagram for having what appears to be a quad bass drum, you know, but it's only two with the faces of Vinnie Paul and the Tama logo. 
Uh, so it's only two, a double bass, but not four. But someone called him out for having four basses, and like Char Charlie lit his ass up. You know, <laughs> excuse my French, but uh, yeah. What was so special about that shoot, even though we had to do it across two days, we we're scattered, time was cramped, was I got to speak with Grady Champion, who was brought along, you know, for you dime lovers out there, that's Dime's old tech, and he's part of the family, so they brought him along on the tour to help Steve and Zach sound, and I tried so hard to get him on camera to talk about these dime stories he shared with me. He, he was reluctant, he wanted the, the spotlight to stay on Dime, Pantera, and Steve, Zach's longtime tech. But uh, he did say I could share some of these stories, and one of the bits was that you'll see in the video that they to to get Dime's tone, you know, it didn't have the Krankensteins or the hard to handle Randalls. You got the wild audio stuff, but they had the MXR doubler that Dime had. He could see, and you'll see in the video, or maybe right now when I put some B-roll, is that uh, he had TED settings for when they covered Cat Scratch, Cat Scratch Fever uh, on the Greatest Hits compilation uh, for for the, like that that sound that he used in that song. And then he had the Aphex Big Bottom, which I've never heard of, but apparently it adds really low end to your sound. That's cool. And then he had the Rocktron Noise Gate, that like for, for that gunk, 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 that stuff where it was really quiet. Uh, Grady incorporated that into Zach's rig to really nail that dime sound. And then he was telling me off camera again, which I wish he could have shared those stories because it was like reliving vulgar videos, was that when he would be on stage, dime for this instance was uh, Grady would be off stage screwing around with Dime, as you know, the Dime was a trickster, so to get back at Dime, I think Grady would screw around with the MXR doubler uh, setting, so, you know, much to his dismay or his delight, from night to night, Grady would be changing the settings on the fly in mid-song, and Dime would show him a, give him a glare, and uh, they were always having fun. Uh, and another tone tidbit is that Zach, for this stretch of dates, they played uh, Floods in instead of Planet Caravan, and uh, uh, Dime recorded that with a Roland JC120 in the chorus setting, or I'm sorry, the vibrato setting, but Zach, who's a big chorus guy, has his own MXR signature chorus pedal that's always on. Uh, he prefers to use the chorus setting on the JC120 in the floods. So that was the thing that also Grady told me, that uh, Dime recorded the 120 with floods in the vibrato setting. Uh, but uh, you guys are gonna love this rig rundown, so without further ado, Pantera rig rundown for you guys. Hey everyone, this is Chris Keys for From Your Guitar. This is a super special day. Uh, the last rig rundown I got to do was with Justin Chancellor of Tool, an equal bass god to me growing up as a 90s kid, uh, 40 now. But uh, the soundtrack of my lives was Pantera and Tool, and now I'm joined by Rex Brown. Wow. The original that, cowboy dude, from hell. Trip. That's a trip. Yeah, and uh, speaking you know. of Justin, I see his pedal on the board. Yeah. His uh, Dunlop fuzz. Well, we'll get there, folks. But Rex, how you doing? I'm, I'm doing great. I really am. Um, just we're having the time of our lives out here. I it, bet. It's just, you know, we, you know, Philip and I said, you know, when it started, it's yeah. like, cause we've been in, we played together. I'm playing with that kid since he's 18 years old, you know, and so we just had to find the right cats, and we worked really hard to get where we're where we're at and, yeah. as a band, you know, really. Um, and here we are, and it's just a, an amazing feeling. What's you it? know, and, and getting to play these, the world goes away. You know? Yeah. What's it been like being able to play these songs again? Obviously you had Down, you, you had your own project. <laughs> I uh, took myself out of the like, game for a little bit. I had some kids to raise and yeah. probably needed a father at that time. And you know, that's just life. It, it um, that's the way we deal with it. You know, one thing at a time. But uh, uh, some things have changed, some things have not. Uh, speaking to, Gibson, the T-Burn, the Rex Brown T-Burn. This is, 
Tell me the story behind this one. Um, I believe this one we had, dude, I had, remember the vaults? You, we used to have these vaults. Yeah. And you put a base in there and you put another one. I think the thing held like seven, eight, something like that. But they were cushy in there and, you know. Anyway, I had just the body of this one. And I was doing a record, a recording with Terry Date down at Willie's place. Okay. And so uh, the tech goes, what do you want to do with this body? And I said, well, here's 500 bucks. Let's get some gold on it. And he went and um, had it made. Yeah. And um, he made me another couple with it. And it just sounds fucking amazing. So this is the one I gave to Gibson to kind of replicate. It's got a real thin neck. I like thin necks that start here. Okay. And then build as they get up. This, but this has got a real thin neck. But every time I set up in a studio, if I'm just gonna get a just a regular bass sound, it's just really well, just crazy until I got that one. Or this the white one? is the five string that I love. Um, it's become like my baby, you know. Okay. Like you just can't beat the fucking sound of it. We, you know, we try to fuck it up and it just won't. Yeah. You know, one of those won't go away. So, and I've got another couple of fives in there, and, um, yeah, you just find the ones that you like. And then I think a lot of it has to, to do with also fitting the song of what the bass part was. Obviously, you can't change every song. Yeah. But I change, you know, three times in the set, or four, okay. maybe. You know, but that four string... Um, yeah, where would this sit in the set? Would you say this older is stuff? the one I had and, and played in late 2009, 10. Okay. I think that's when I got it, 2008. And it's it's been in, it was white, had it painted black, and put the gold on it again. That is uh, Mother Glory right there. Okay. Do you, do you know what songs maybe like Cowboys from Hell? We're talking vulgar. Probably or four or five songs of the set. Okay. Uh, five minutes alone. I mean, we've we try to change it up a little bit. Yeah. You know, when you get a new one, new one, try it out, and it's you always go back to that one. You know, or this one, and this one, you can't be Gibson. Yeah. You know. What's that and experience been like? And even uh, I've got an Epiphone over there, the new one. The pickups in those are fucking screaming. Yeah. You know. What's that been like working with the new Gibson team and you know creating just, this? It, it's round? been amazing. Yeah. You know, just. We did an in-store yesterday, and it was just, we had the best time, you know. They have the Gibson Garage now. That place yeah. is just, a, you walk in, and it's, for nerds like me, you know. There's um, that conveyor belt that goes in the ceiling. Oh, dude, I snagged some killers yesterday, <laughs> yeah. you know. It's a trap. But it, it is, but, money. but it was so fun hanging out with the fans, and we hadn't done any in-stores at all during this. Which is funny, because you guys started out doing in-stores. That was a big thing. And that's, dude, I was thinking that this, this, earlier yeah you know and like god i had a lot of fun back then and then you know we'll keep doing these things and, and nashville we'll is a special spot for you guys because that's where you guys did far beyond driven dude this is Barry this Hill. is like coming home kind of because I, I you know i moved all my shit down here in 2015 okay. and worked with a bunch of guys in town and hung out here for a while so I, you know this is kind of home base for Musically, for me, the the last since since 2015, really. I love Epiphones. I do. I truly love it. So this is the Epiphone we switched up. This to the is Epiphone? the new one. Just came out, and I can play it, and it sounds 
amazing. We're going to play it tonight on a, a few songs. Um, the only difference between that one is it doesn't... These pickups were are the old thumpers that they put in like okay. the 76 bicentennials um, when they really started making again, making these again in 86. Um, so anyway, Epiphone said, do you want to do one? He said, sure. But when they sent it back, you notice it's not gold. It's kind of a, it's got a silver tint to it. So they sent it to me, but they sent it with gold covers. I said, no, 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 wait. Let's go with this brass or whatever it is. Nickel. Sharp, yeah. Nickel. Because it, it, it just kind of makes the whole look. But man, these things play amazing. They almost just like their brothers. What do you, you know? dig? What do you dig about like the Thunderbird silhouette sitting on your body? What's like that shape? Because you played so many shapes. You know what I mean? Do you remember the guy Pete Way? Yeah. From UFO. Yeah, yeah. I kind of get that every once in a while. You know, <laughs> one of those kind of. Then you got straddle like that when you're yeah. playing it. You no, know? It's, it's with your bullet belt on. It's a rock stance bass or instrument. You know what I mean? Like you, <laughs> you, you, you got to own it. That's a bass that says, "Hey, I'm here." I'm playing Pantera. It, dude, it, <laughs> it actually thumps pretty good. And I'll help it out up front a little bit, you know, just gain it up a little bit, or he will. No. And um, Bobby does. Bobby, get your ass up here now. Bobby, you're, Come on. you've been summoned. You've been summoned, Bobby. He's worked for me how long? Too far to remember. Uh, down, we started went yeah. to, uh, with Black Sabbath to Australia. Dio, Sabbath. Oh, my Can't God. Can't get rid of him. And the years that followed. Yeah, man. And then we jam a lot together in different bands and shit. Yeah. You know? He sat in a couple times. He knows home. every, you know. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. What's that like? <clears throat> Pat Travers with us. Damn. And Dale Kroger playing Dale. drum. Fucking Damn. awesome. Yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. So it's nice to have a friend and also knows all my Musician. shit. How's that work? You know, setting up his bass gear. I saw you guys up here already. Well, you saw it's and a crazy listening, day. And then, yeah. you know, like, changing knobs. You guys were tuning it to the room. You, you guys it to the room. Changes every day. And he tuned it to the way Rex wants it for this room. I, I, the one thing he kept saying, Rex was saying, louder. <laughs> well, yeah. yeah. No, I, I just wanted to do this for that, you know, it's considerably lower. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say at least three notches on the ampeg, probably. Sure. But, sure. man, when these things get cooking, shit, you know. <laughs> You heard it. I yeah. mean, it, it's, 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 we'll get the hairs on your balls going. Bobby hand me over there in the base, whatever you call it. Uh, and that's my little, Yeah. we use that with the, the, the Metallica run. So we said, why the fuck not? We'll put them here. Yeah. And I jump on that thing and stages are big enough. We'll put them all over, you know. You play with Metallica, it's on a big donut. It's on a big oh, circle. Okay. There's no amps on stage. Rex is used to having. So it's behind. like a. So 180 or 200 hertz down. Yeah. So all these all the waiters and a deck. So when he steps on those, you feel it. It's party time. Party yeah. Time. <laughs> <laughs> to tell you the truth. Yeah, man. And I saw the SVT4s over there. Have those been in your those rig have, for those years, Those have been right? in for fucking ever. We got so many of those that are ridiculous. Yeah. You know, those those are tried and true. They sound really fucking good, especially if you crank them. I didn't want to bring tubes out here. Um, still have the same power supply, dude, that we've had for yeah. 30 years. Yep. And it works impeccably because you just have it maintenance. Too, now, you know? How far do those predate this tour? Like in terms of like what we're using in the 90s for the fans, like if you remember for the fans back at home. Um, I still have the, the main head. Oh, really? You know, we had so many different rigs. You got to remember. Yeah. So that gear was scattered all over the place, man. I'm trying to find it. And 
you know, and finally did, and we, we got her all back. But there was a lot of stuff at Phillips I'd forgotten I left there. And I wanted to make sure he had a base amp. Yeah, and he uses it when he goes to Phillips. As he always and so I always, you know, okay. those figures are like fried in that motherfucker, playing, you know, doom rest fucking yeah. Right. But uh, Down records. Man, yeah. we're just having a blast at it, and, and that's, that's the only thing you, you can say about it. Um, every day it's just, the crew, it's everyone, it's just family. It's a and celebration. And we want them to be the family. It's the same principle we had back in the day. So I saw this YouTube video, this youngster that got a handle on your uh, old Jackson basses, and you commented on it, or someone in your, your YouTube channel commented on it in the sense that he somehow got those Jackson basses and re, re you know, he fixed them up and he was playing them and demoed them. And you came in, in there and commented like, hey man, saluted your old friends. And I thought it was so, A, awesome that you were so uh, encouraging of that, but also you, you weren't very, you know, a lot of guitar players or bass players, they would hold on to that or seek those instruments back out, and you're just letting them go do their their thing. You know, new friends. That, when I found them sitting with dust all over them, this, these need to be in somebody's hands. Some of them we gave to charity. Some of them we gave to a lot of it we gave to charity, enough yeah. for shipping costs and shit like that. You know, and um, it's giving back in your own little way. And that's that's all you can do. It was cool because I, I, if I could be mistaken, it might be one or two of those two. It was a white and a black one that might have been on the, like Monsters of Moscow stuff from '91. It was those Jackson basses you were flying around but the guess, stage, man. I got a tweed case today, and oh boy, you just got to find out Memphis. <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. Okay, we'll be there. We're actually going to film with Charlie and Zach then. So uh, I'll let the cat out of the bag. No, I didn't. <laughs> we'll kill it. Let's we'll see what we got to see what he these sound like for you. You didn't tell me, but uh, we're going to talk about the rest of the gear. Let's go over here. Let's do it. So Rex, I didn't ask you before. Uh, you know, how much through the set are you playing with your fingers and your picks? I know you're Dunlop pick guy, but uh, what, what would you say, half, forty, mm, sixty? Depends on when I drop one. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know. That's fair. I, I, um, Are there moments or songs that dictate, you know, specifically we you just, do that? We just put a new song in the set. And before, we, we re replaced a song. Okay. So we replaced Planet Caravan, and I was playing a fretless. Oh. And then running these pedals that had the the actual me recording of the, you know, Caravan one has a diddle-it. Yeah. diddle you know, one of those. And, um... So we got the real recording off of that. That's right. We got all the tapes and shit, so. Pretty cool, man. You got some pedals here, but then you also have the switcher with stuff that's in the rack. You no, know, I've never had a switcher before. And I go, what's the easiest way instead of running 18 goddamn pedals together? <laughs> let's, uh, let's try to figure this one out. Hardly ever use the tuner. Which, okay. Which I don't know Well, you why. got Bobby here. Bobby's a tuner. Yeah, man. And um, walk me through that, some of the sounds This you got. is just a total different thing. It's a dead string, but um, a real simple sound. Do you know what I'm saying? I didn't want to. It's fundamental, and you know what I mean. Like no. it's a bass sound. And then you have all this. Then we go low. So 
Well, that's a sub octave. You can't Damn. hear the octave. <laughs> they can out there. So yeah, like, yeah. You know, I'll stick the fucking. We used to have some bigger wedges. So are you using just I the wedges? I kind of slam the bass on the something. Are know? you using the wedges, or do you got in ears at when you're actually? Oh, it's on all stage? in ears. Okay. These are for like the Taurus pedals, and then okay. I use side fills for the, the Taurus. Those are huge. Oh yeah. Yeah. Now, when you put those through a sub. So it's not too much coming out, even though I can just barely hear them. They'll be loud as fuck, you know, yeah. in here. Pretty decent bass sound. And that's, so your Ampegs are going through those uh, Mesa Boogie Caps. What are those, Bobby, 6x10s? 8x10s. Dude, they built them just like a fucking Ampeg. We had schematics, and I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Because you know how many companies I've been through that said, oh, we make an Ampeg fucking fridge. 16, you, you know, yeah. I just, that's, I've just always gone with those. You yeah. know, when I got those, I thought I had won the prize of all life. <laughs> I got my first SVT2 Pro and two cabs. And dude, you know the, that feeling? If you've ever had two two and two, yeah. look out. <laughs> you pulled the sword out of the stone. And we Ooh. were... And we were just as we were starting to record vulgar. Uh oh, we got a little bass change. That's when we could finally hear the bass coming in, and then even more on uh, on Far Beyond. Man, those but are it's some so cool to play these songs again, let people hear them. You know? Yeah. And Zach, just killing it. Charlie plays identical to fucking Benny. I don't even have to. We just look back at each other and laugh and throw shit, you know? It's just a fucking blast. I mean, not only are they master class musicians in their own right, they're all friends, you know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. Yeah, it's part of the family. It's just, we become really, really good friends and a really, really good band type. That's what, man, look, no way you're gonna do it unless you gotta, you gotta make it tight. And this is about the tightest we've been. I mean, that was Pantera. And that's all saying group, a lot. Man. I mean, you know, we had to play a lot of shows, but that's what happens when you play a lot of shows. You, you, you start getting into that weave and getting the groove. That's what we've always been about. Yeah. Tempos have to kind of lay back a little bit on certain parts and then charge on other ones, you know? So. That's what you guys were all about back in the day. It was just the groove, man. Yeah, I'm just trying to keep it simple. Got a couple of wahs on there used for different songs. Um, you got, to, I see some patches here that say delay and chorus, phaser. Um, yeah, those are kind of fakes. They're like five different sounds that we put on there. We just you put that down when y'all were coming in. <laughs> it's all in the attack. Yeah. Hang on. The RJM. early Van Halen for you kids. Man, my, my backside is getting a massage with those cabs. Yeah, well, he, he can pick and choose wherever he wants. You know. And it's just such a relief that we can do that and not everything just goes in line. Yeah. It goes in cue. So you're not, you're not, you just want running through one thing instead of 12. Yeah. Or whatever you want, you know. 
Um, it's all in the attack, man. S simply, that was just nothing on. Um, I'm real happy. <laughs> Who wouldn't be? I would, yeah. I, no one can argue with that. And just to quickly, just so people can see it at home, we got the Chancellor Walk. Justin, I'll just do this for a little part. Little part in. You just gotta hit that right when you see the light turn on. Yeah. <laughs> and you got the baddest sound ever. And once you hear it through the, you notice the array. It's wild, man. It's crazy. Man, I, I, I really appreciate it, Rex. You're, you know. Love you, dude. You're, you're, Thanks you're a, a lot, lot for guys having me. out there, man. We, we really appreciate your time. Yeah, man. Bobby, thank Not you for deal. coming in and filling in the spots for us. Off. Right on, right on. Uh, you guys. We're going to head out to Memphis to catch uh, Charlie and Zach, so make sure you check out that video, too, uh, if not already attached to this one. Rex, again, thank you so much. I sure Pantera's appreciate back, it. back, motherfuckers. What a vengeance. <laughs> hey, we are quickly going to interject Bobby. Bobby, you thank you so much for being on stage and helping you got it. Rex had to uh, exit and be a rock star. Yes. We're in a rock star. It's city. what he does. Yes, man. That's why he has you. That's right. Clean up the dirty work. I can't stay on deck. Uh, I was mesmerized by him being, you know, a guy I listened to so much in my youth. Yeah. I missed a lot of questions. Mm -hmm. Strings, what do we got? Well, we got Slinky, Cobalt, Ernie Balls on the four strings, 45 to 105. Okay. Pretty standard set. And then on the five string basses, he's got 45 to 130. Cool. And then run us through tunings real quick. Well, the tunings we're using uh, is a C-sharp standard. So uh, everything's in C-sharp, Zach's in C-sharp on everything as well. Okay. And then on the C-sharp five-string basses, the low is a G-sharp. Okay. It's pretty low, pretty humming. Obviously not as low back in the day, so this probably helped to help Phil. They jumped around a lot back in the day, but yeah, this is to help Phil up and, and everybody get it right, to standardize the things. We, we learned that tuning at the very first rehearsals really? two years ago. We wanted to make sure Philip had all the... The yeah. range. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, Picks, I know he's a Dunlop guy. We hit it on stage that he is yeah. a Dunlop guy. Yeah. What specifically uh, picks you got here? Big well, triangles? Uh, yeah, the big triangles. And uh, gosh, I think the .75s or something, the heavy. They're okay. pretty heavy. Yeah. What do yeah. you think? Yeah, good yeah. guess. Big and, triangle uh, guy. Yeah. He's yeah. got a bunch of different kinds and pictures, but this is his main one that he likes to play shows with. And quickly going back to the strings, you've been with them since, you know, 15 years, 14 years. Yeah. Have, Obviously, cobalts haven't been around that long, but would you say that the gauges are about the same? That you I'd say they are, yes. Okay. Yeah. He's right. stuck with the same gauges. And uh, we quickly hit on some of the amps, obviously the ST, SBT4. Yeah. But we have the Ikes. What are those actually doing? The Ikes are there. The Ike on top powers the baseboard that you stepped on okay. with the yeah. humming. Yeah. And it's a backup Ike because we're doing big shows. That okay. goes down. I got a backup. And then you got the radial, obviously. I got the radial as well. That's that's the daddy -o, man. That's just, uh, I really love this unit. I love going in and out of it. And it just does so many wonderful things for a, a rack. It's just beautiful. And then he's uh, untethered with the wireless. That's right. We got the Sure wireless, got the Axiant. It's, it's awesome. That's what we're running, actually. So. We've been around the planet with these, and they're just, they're fine. They're great. Awesome. And continuing down the rack that isn't out in the pedal board we have. Yeah, well, we got the RJM uh, installed at the last rehearsal. I put okay. that in, and uh, we got that all dialed up. These are things that Rex has started on this tour. 
It's, um, it's the Origin Effects, okay. and this one here, the blue one, it's the uh, uh, Super Vintage, and uh, really loves the tone out of this. He's really happy with this. Right. And before it, we got the Cali 76. It's a compressor, but it's stacked, so we have essentially two 1176s going on wow. in one pedal. Uh, one controls the attack, and then the other one lets it go. Are they uh, running kind of all the time? Is he... These are on all the time. Okay. Yeah. This, this is a noise gate, just okay. to keep it quiet. I should have guessed oh, with the initials. Yeah, yeah. That is a Noble DI. And how so that goes to front of house. Okay. So after these, we got a Noble DI here running the front of house XLR powered tube powered and DI. That, and the uh, aforementioned SVT. That's right. The Pro Fours would just, he, he doesn't play without them. Yeah. I mean, he could play with the Pro Fours. And, you know, what I mean, normal, whatever, we wouldn't notice, but lovely flavors going on here. Well, Bobby, we're going to do a magic editing. We're going to talk to Zach in uh, Memphis tomorrow, but uh, you'll see me in different clothes. Good job. Thanks, fellas. I got my first pack of NYXL strings, never having heard of them, knowing nothing really about them. It's just like, hey, this is something new that's coming out. Can you give us a try and let us know what you think about it? I couldn't break them. I couldn't throw them out of tune. No matter what I do, those strings are always there for me. Zach, wow, come on, let's go check this out. Yes. <laughs> Zach, we talked yesterday to Rex, uh, filled us in at Nashville on his, uh, his goodies, so we traveled to Memphis to hang out with you and uh, want to talk to you about what you got going on. Obviously, killer guitars from your company, so if you care to kind of run us down everything here, what you got? Well, we got the Warhammers we're using on this guy, so uh, as far as the guitars go, what yeah. they're made out of and everything like that, they're all made out of plastic and uh, balsa wood. So, I mean, actually cardboard. That's what I use. <laughs> so, uh, no, but, um, you know, there's just your tried and true, I guess, you know, mahogany, maple, ebony, you know, that always works. I used on all my Les Pauls and everything yeah. like that. So, um, but yeah, actually, this fiddle here, I mean, it was actually one of my, uh, one of the gangrene vertigo guys. So I had okay. Chewy painted that, and he painted dime stuff when dime went over to Washburn. Oh, wow. So like all dimes, bolts, and everything like that. So Chewy was the one that painted all his. So I, you know, ended up having, because Chewy was going to, so my buddy Dan Lawrence, who does, what will usually happen is Dan will end up painting the original, like Dan did this one and this guy over here. So what, okay. what Dan will do, and the original guy. So... Like, I'll give it to you to paint the original thing, and then, then, we'll, then we'll, you know, once we get the proto, then we'll, then we'll mass, you know, make them. So, yeah. I mean, but the whole thing is you'll do, knock out the first one. But so Chewy ended up doing this one, but if you could see this on, on the back with the headstock. So he put St. Dime on the back there. So, um, but yeah, Chewy was like, I'll wait till you check. I'm gonna, I'll put something, I'll add something to the, you know, yeah. to it when you, when you check it out. But yeah, so. Egg. Obviously, Chewy knocked it out on this guy. So, um, 
but that's so that's the same time Warhammer over there. Which one uh, do you use? Uh, the, you know, that's a special guitar to pull out. What songs do you use? Yeah, you know, as soon as we come out. So you know, you got to honor Saint Dime over there. So that's our first guy. So you know, perfect. But um, yeah, as soon as the, as soon as the Kabuki goes down, the curtain drops, and we start dancing. First <laughs> thing, first thing you see is Saint Dime. That's perfect. So, uh, I look back on, you know, with St. Rhodes and Eddie and, you know, King Edward and everything like that. So how the guys would always, you know, even me with my early days with Ozzy, it was all, I had, I must have brought it like four guitars out on the road. Yeah. And, you know, like with, with Randy, I mean, it was always so funny, you know, those iconic shots of him sitting on the couch that Neil Lozar took where he's sitting backstage at the L.A. Sports Arena. Yeah. And, you know, you got, he's sitting there with the, the black Jackson, the black Concord. He's got the polka dot V. He's got his Sandoval, he's got his Les Paul, yeah. and he's got the, the white Concord that Mike Shannon made. So, so, but that's, that's four guitars, man, Yeah, that he's bringing out on the road. God forbid something happens to one of the guitars. They, somebody knocks it over accidentally, breaks a headstock. Yeah. I mean, or they get lost. I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, we got four, four fiddles and you're doing a world tour in arenas, you know, like on a Diary of a Madman tour. So. Yeah. It's like, I mean, when you really think about it, it's kind of insane. Yeah. That, you know, that Randy didn't even have duplicates of the, at least we'll come out with eight guitars. We'll get you another Les Paul custom, a white one, and get you backups of the the Polka Dot V, the, the you know, the Concords, yeah. whatever. So you, at least you got eight guitars, and just in case one of them, even if they go out of tune, and you still want to play the same guitar. Yeah. So, or, and you know, and then King Edward always changing the necks on the, on, you know, the Frankenstrat and everything yeah. like that. It was like, you know, I'm saying on all the forum boards, everyone, you know, us all talking about, oh, Eddie changed the neck on this one. Look at the headstock's different on this one or whatever. But it was the same body. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, as, you know, I mean, as far as like, you know, now owning obviously my own company, it's just like, if you told me, you know, I had 12, 12 Warhammers sitting out here, and it was just like, you were like, Zach, can you grab me two of them, one for my niece and one for my nephew, you know, because they're playing, I want to get them as a present or something. Pick me two good ones. Like, I never understood that. I like, it's like going to McDonald's, going, can you get me two good Big Macs? It's, it, they're all the same, man. <laughs> no matter whether you're in Seattle, New Jersey, Japan, England, I, you know, you, you get a Big Mac, it's, they all, Tastes good. I mean, it's got your name on it, so it's, it's got to be. No, but they there should be. Yeah, as soon as right out of the case, I, it should, the guitar should play. I've never, you know, with all my Epiphones, all my Gibsons, whatever, you know, I never had any issues with that. They were all crushing. So you know, you just pick them up and you play them, and there there was never any bad ones. They, they, that that shouldn't happen. Like me with EMGs when I started playing them, I remember. Uh, one of my guitar students at the time, this was before Oz, so I never had anybody have to try and sell me on them, you know what I mean, or whatever, but I, I was just uh, one of my students at the time. I had a, I had like a 78 uh, Marshall Combo, 50 water, it sounded great by the way. Uh, so I was, playing I was playing through that and he had a Fender uh, Jaguar, and you know, it's a thin body guitar and everything like that. He was, I was just like, wow, what are those pickups in there? He goes, oh, they're called EMGs. You gotta put a battery in your guitar. I was like, battery in your guitar? I, like, I had no idea, you know, because I just had PAFs in mind. I plugged this guitar in, his guitar, I hit like a G chord on this thing, just an open G. And I was like, wow, that's what that amp's supposed to sound like. It almost sounded like between my, my Les Paul that had my P stock PAFs in there, and this thin guitar, 
it was just like, it sounded like you just took a moving blanket and took it off the cabinet. Like I could hear all the highs, the lows, the mids, the, the bottom, I was just like, and the clarity. I could hear everything, whereas on my guitar, it was like, you know, all you hear is, it's all muffled and it, it, it just sounded like there was a film over it. So and then, like yeah, so I mean, I, right there, that's, that's what the EMGs, because it's a pickup. You know, when you really think about it, I mean, the pickup is your microphone. It's the voice. So whether you're singing out of a $12,000 Telefunken mic in the studio, you can hear the clarity on that thing compared to, you know, uh, any other microphones, you know, like a, a, a little microphone that you're going to buy that's, you know, a hundred bucks. You yeah. know what I mean? You got a $12,000 microphone. There's a reason why it's 12 grand, but I mean, it's just, uh, just the clarity, you know? So, I mean, for me, that's what it, with the EMGs, that's why I've always, like, why would I use anything else other, I mean, I still love all, you know, obviously for, you know, you want to get Trower sounds and this and that and Hendrix and everything, you need, you need a single coil pickups, you know what I mean? Absolutely. I mean, there, there is no right and there is no wrong, but I mean, I'm just saying if you get something that you like, and that's But it adds to the consistency that you're speaking about, the sound, you pick up the guitar, you, you know what those EMGs in there, it's going to have a, a more, like, continuity between all the guitars than maybe like guitars with humbuckers or standard pickups because they you know they can get underwound or guy that off day on a friday where these are they're, yeah, they're gonna, exactly like the guitars are all going to sound you know they all sound slamming I, yeah. I i don't worry about like just make sure you give me saint dime or you know give me the the red pinstripe dragon so i just like i don't have a there's not a favorite guitar well like if i don't have this guitar i can't play i you know i I don't understand that either. So I mean, you should be—I should be able to put any guitar in your hand, and it should sound slamming. Yeah. I'm still—I'm using my Wild Audios, which are basically based off of my JCM, the Marshall JCM 800, which is like the simplest circuit. You know, I—that's why I mean, like even down to like the you know, the the train wreck amps with Ken Fisher and everything like that. Like Ken, there was no effects loops on there. Everything, you know, his yeah. whole thing was—I mean, it was even a master volume on that thing. You know, I mean, it was just the master was turn the guitar up, you know what I mean? So just the simplicity of it. You know, if I made you a steak and it's just, I just put a little bit of salt on it and you're like, wow, this tastes amazing. It's just because it's a good piece of meat. Yeah. So you don't need to cover it up with anything. So, I mean, the same thing with the amps. I mean, it's just, uh, I just go out of two of my wild audio heads. I got, I obviously brought my, I bring my marshals out and everything like that, you know, just backups and everything like that. But it, it's all, they're all in the same zip code. They're not even yeah. in different states. I mean, it's just, they all, it, you, I wouldn't know the difference when you, if you're, I'm up here and I'm jamming and something went down and you plug me back into one of my JCM 800s or my JMPs or the, my wild audio head. You yeah. know what I mean? Still, I use all my EVs, you okay. know, the, like the 300 water guys. What do you dig about those that you kind of stay with them so well, the, long? Yeah, just the clarity on them. You know what I mean? But, uh, but like you said, I mean, they're all, there is no right, there is no wrong. You know, it's whatever you like. Yeah. You know what I mean? That you, but I mean, for me, I, I would always... Because you, when you're in the studio and then, you, you know, you're going through the little speakers, you know, not standing out here and just getting blasted. I mean, <laughs> a, a, anything's going to sound good at that volume. You know what I mean? It just sounds... But at the low volume, when you're in the studio and you could actually hear the difference. I mean, even with tubes and everything like that. Because yeah. I, I remember the one time when I had, you know, EL34s in my, in my Marshalls. And I remember they got... The, the, the tubes got broke or something like that. They got dropped, one of the heads got dropped or whatever. 
So we ended up getting it fixed, but the guy didn't have EL34, so he stuck 6550s groove tubes in there. And I was just like, I remember at Soundcheck, I was like, oh my God. It's just like the sound was so much like the EMGs, the glaringly obvious. It was thicker and tighter. And I was just like, what? What did he do to the amp? And he goes, oh, well, they didn't have EL34s. They stuck 5550s in there. Yeah. And that's, that's when I realized the, the difference in tubes. You know, otherwise, I'd just be like, just plug me in, any, you know, plug me in the module, I'll be fine. Have but you I, ever thought about going to Fractal or doing any digital modeling for tour's sake? You know, well, make I, it I haven't had, I haven't needed to, you know what I mean? But I, I understand, like, you know, a, a bunch of my friends that love all the, the Fractals and, yeah. uh, and all the stuff like Denver. that. Well, yeah, so you don't have to travel with all the cabinets and heads and this and that, you know, so I, I completely get that. But I mean, for me, I still, I still use my heads in the studio. You know, I mean, I, well, you know, but the Vatican, I got, you know, we have everything spiked. The drums are spiked, the, the amps spiked, the piano spiked, you know, so this way you can come in there with your band and just record a record. Everything's already dialed in. You know what I mean? Unless yeah. you want to use a different amp, you can bring your amp in or whatever and just plug it into a cab or whatever. But, uh, I just have it, the one head just stays there in the, in the Vatican. I just plug into that thing and we go. But, uh, and then know. I know we're up against Soundcheck, but what do you got on your pedal board to kit those dime sounds? Uh, just all my Dunlop stuff that I've used forever. So, you know, I just have, uh, and we just reintroduced them, I guess, what, 20 year anniversary or whatever it is, 25 years. I've, ever since I've been with Ozzy, you know, I've just yeah. used, you know, I had the, the SD1 at the time, you know, with, with my boss stuff. But then with Jimmy, it's just, you know, because with the distortion pedals, if you got a, a, it, without the distortion pedal on, it's basically I could be in an ACDC tribute band, you know what I mean? Yeah. I, could, I could play without the pedal on. I mean, I have, it sounds like Highway to Hell or Back in Black or, you know, Hell's Bells. I'm saying there's no feedback. You know, it just, it sounds like that. You yeah. know, da -na -na, da -na, there'll be no feedback. But, you know, if you step on that pedal, that's that's lightning right there. So, yeah. I mean, but it, all it does is just adds more of what you already have. It doesn't change the tone of the amp. You know, it just gives you more sustain. So, you know, you can get the feedback and you can get, get you can hold the note and it'll stay there. So, you know, that's that's what the pedal does. So, and they, they did a killer job on it. Because what I noticed with, with my older pedals, it would be the bottom end would go out a little bit. So... You know, it's just like, I, I was just like, Jim and the guys, I was just like, just add, just add the bottom so it do, the, the bottom doesn't fall out. Mm. And that's what they did with the power. I was like, oh, this is perfect. So, uh, but you know, just the distortion, I got the, you know, the delay, the phase, uh, basically, you know, your original phase 90, yeah. you know, so. You got your signature wah. The, the wah, you know, so it just, it has a lot of frequency on it. And then you have. And I love the rotor vibe, you know what I mean? So you get that, you know, the Trower Hendrixy thing, you know, with the with the Leslie speaker, you know? So it's great. I love it. Man, uh, I, I want to end you out. I know we're, we're right against it. I, we're getting the wrap-up sign, but it probably means a lot to you to be able to come out and celebrate your friend and continue the legacy that Pantera started in the 80s and 90s. And, uh, you know, well, yeah, it's, having it's you a, and Charlie do that is really enabling a whole new crop of fans to enjoy the music. Nah, it's a beautiful thing celebrating the guys every night. It really, yeah. it truly is. I mean, so many people are just, you know, it just brings back great memories. You know what I mean? And, and, and you're keeping their music alive, you know? So it's just like when I do experience Hendrick's thing and just honoring Jimmy's greatness and whatever, we're playing with Oz when we're playing St. Rhodes' stuff, you're just honoring Randy's greatness. I, I, I think it's a beautiful thing. 
So. Man, it's 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 a big thing. We saw you guys last night in Nashville, and it, it it's a it's a great thing, and it's allowed a lot of fans fans to re-enjoy the music for a, a you know a lot of things. Like I said to my friend last night, it was the soundtrack of our lives growing up was Jam and Pantera. Oh, so cheers, thank you for man. doing that, man. And when yeah, I heard the that. news, we all knew it was going to be you. So congrats and uh, all the success with the guitars, the tours, Zach Sabbath, man. Cheers. Appreciate you. Cheers, buddy. Big rundown for Zach Wild. Cheers, guys. All right, we're quickly joined by Steve, a uh, longtime tech for Zach. How are you doing, Steve? Doing good. Thank you uh, for doing this. I know we, uh, Zach touched on some of the stuff here. Obviously, he went on about the 100-watt uh, Wild Audio amps he's using, talked about the Marshall. Mm -hmm. But could you talk us through uh, some more of the effects here that are actually kind of great homages to his dear friend got in the rack here? Oh, yeah. Well, we've got a few actual dime bag used pieces. That's a treat. In our rack. Uh, he has, you know, he has a particular style. Yeah. A lot of people, some people know, a lot of people know, and a lot of people don't know. Uh, he was able to achieve his stop-start style with noise gates. Really? And uh, he was very tight-handed as well mm. in his right hand, but he had a little bit of assistance with his uh, silencer. Yeah. So, you know, when you want it quiet, it does it for you. Yeah. And that's this piece of gear right here. Okay. Right. The unsung hero. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a two-stage gate, and you can set it soft, you can set it hard, and to my knowledge, in talking with Grady, Dime, his sound and his amps, his pickups, he didn't need that much control because everything seemed to work really well together. Mm. So, And uh, what are the actual effects above the, that switcher there, or the, I guess the noise gates? This is a silencer, and this is a flange of doublers. Yeah piece of archaic but very effective equipment that, <laughs> yeah you know i would kill to get one of these myself yeah i don't have two or three grand laying around to just go buy one <laughs> and and this one's special because it's actually dime's old one yeah and handwritten there too right yeah there's some hash marks on it that dime put on there himself. yeah and uh you know it was also another little piece of uh another tool grady would use to help dime forward his sound and his uh, unique style yeah yeah, it's cool because uh, Grady had pointed out that it's uh, Ted Ted setting or something, and that's re reference to the Cat Scratch Fever cover they did for yeah, the greatest hits. There's, there's conjecture about what that actually means. Oh, really? Like, I've heard that it's Ted Templeman. Oh. But it's probably more Ted Nugent. Because <laughs> uh, Dime was a huge fan of Ted Yeah, Nugent, so. yeah, man. The Lely is for, uh, uh, we use a little bit of a clean tone for oh, floods. Oh, okay. That's right. Okay, off camera here, we got the Roland. Originally, Dime used a JC120. Oh. And then they would just AB and they would combine. Okay. And so that's what we're doing. We're using the exact same amp that he used for that particular song. Awesome. That's cool. And what do the radios get used for? The radial boxes here. Radials are for uh, switching. So Zach is using two frequencies all night and we just uh, leapfrog each okay. other. And so we'll switch uh, from one to two. And then when we work with Metallica, we have two separate pedal boards that are remote. Yeah. And we can switch from pedal board one to wherever he's at when he's soloing. Yeah. We'll make that pedal board hot so that he can go on his wah and whatever effects he wants. And then if he walks all the way back to the other side, we'll turn that one on. Yeah. Turn the other one off. So it's basically an A-B switch as well. Gotcha. And what up, what's up top here, the, above the MXR? Yeah, the Apex is it's another one of those uh, older type technologies, but it's very effective for mm. guitars. Very, it gives a, a lot of body to the guitar's frequencies and harmonics. And essentially what it is is an oral exciter. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, if it, you know, 
old guitar players, old heads who played in the 80s, they know what oral exciters are. They were yeah. just like the latest, greatest thing. And it found its way into dime sound. And so <laughs> now it's here with us. Yeah, that's, that's such a treat. And the last bottom drawer here is just a little, looks like some more MXR boxes. Yeah, you know, Zach's endorsed by uh, Dunlap and MXR, and, and they provide him with, you know, things that help him create his signatures. Yeah. So we've got this. He's very famous for the stereo chorus. Yep. You leave it on 100% of the time. It never turns off. <laughs> and I like it that way, personally. But yeah, that's something a lot of people are surprised to know, that it's not really an effect. It's the sound that we want. Yeah. So you don't turn it off ever. Just we're already we love it, so we leave it on. Is that kind of a thing that goes across all of his platforms? Zach Sabbath, Black Label. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. He's locked into his, his. Uh, you know, you can do your thing your way, so you need everything that makes you comfortable. Yeah. The chorus, the stereo Marshall heads, or in this case, Wild Audio. Yep. Uh, 100s, and that's just, it's the sound that we know him for. Yeah. So we're gonna hear it no matter where he goes because. That's what he brings. Yeah, what a treat to uh, continue the legacy that Pantera is, and uh, you, you know, bringing some of Zach's family into it, and combining just a big love fest for Pantera and the Abbott brothers. Yeah, we're just we're just trying to. I think the fans really wanted it, and this is the way they're going to get it, and it's going really well. Yeah, I mean, it's received well all over. We'll be going to Australia later this year. It's awesome. It's going to be out of control. We love it. Yeah, staying busy, Steve. Thank you again for uh, talking us through the rest of the rig. Okay, thank you. For Baroness, we play in a variety of tunings. With the EXL 125s, I'm just constantly tuning and it just can handle it. Thick enough to handle the low tunings, but like having that like light string gauge comfortability, yeah, it's been the go-to. 